You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. What's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Can We Talk? This is your boy, Eric. I'm here with the usual suspects, Anthony and Shayna. And our special guest, Benny. Benny's back from a long hiatus with us. I think the last time you were here, we were in the same studio doing the, mar- the, the uh, Divas of the Margaritas. I forgot the name. Two Divas and Margaritas. Two Divas and Margaritas. That was fun. Shout out to And them. can I just say Shout that out. it looks like Benny just hopped out the barbershop chair. <laughs> For real. Fresh lineup. Shayna's back, too. Oh, Shayna. Yeah, back, Shana's Shana. back. We missed oh, you. Oh, we got our shots, too? We got our Jägermeisters. Oh, we're going to do this an hour later, which I want to do. I'll take a sip. It don't matter to me. I'll take a little sip. I don't... Ugh. Feels like everybody kissed the mic. <laughs> right. It's not that good. Randy is like, oh my God. <laughs> right. Slide the whole thing closer to you. Gotcha. Oh, you got a little adjustments <laughs> to make now. There you go. So what's been going, what's been going on, everybody? I know, Shayna, this is the first time I saw you in it's been a, couple, a, minute. a few weeks, a couple of weeks, a few weeks. It's been a minute. Uh, so how's Jordan doing? She is. She's great. Mm. Still um, swimming. But now it's recital time, oh. which is a very hectic time of year. For so, dance. Oh, so she's a dancer too. So she does swimming, dance. What else? I'm sure Get she on my money. nerves. It costs me money. <laughs> if she's listening right now, I love you. you. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Benny? Man, it's been a while since I actually uh, saw you. Man, it's been some months. Yeah. What's been new? What's what's uh, happening in your life? Man, I just I've been growing. You know? yeah. <laughs> He's been working, man. Been working hard. Working. That's what's up. We feel myself. No, no. Um, <laughs> working, got promoted, moved. Oh, congrats. Avoided all baby mama claims so far. <laughs> Successfully. Successfully. Right. No. Paying your own bills. Grown man. Paying my own bills. It's a grown man over here. Got the new new apartment. Yeah. Living it up. That's what's up, man. Mm-hmm. I do want to get into this segment um, of current events because we've been having some some big news recently in terms of women's rights, right? The right to choose, right? Pro the, the battle between pro-life, pro-choice. Um, recently, a few states such as Alabama, Georgia, a few of the other states, southern states for the most part, have been passing laws that have made some pretty serious restrictions on abortion, right? I think it's up to 11 now. It's up to 11 already? Dang. Yeah, I think it's up to 11. Ohio is one of the states. But I think Alabama is the most restrictive, yeah. which is why like, everybody's talking about that particular state. And I think the restrictions is like it's, it's no exception at all to an abortion. And if anyone, any doctor performs abortion, they can be um, sentenced to like 90 years in, in jail. It's something ridiculous like that. So what are y'all thoughts on this idea of Pro-life, pro-choice. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not a woman, so I don't – anything I say is invalid. It's an opinion. Um, but what are, what are some of your thoughts? And, Shana, you know, what what, what do you think? I'm pro-life for myself, mm-hmm. but I've, I, re- I believe that women should have the right to choose up until a certain point. Yeah. Like, it has to be more specific guidelines. I, I think six weeks is too um, – it's too early. Like a lot of times, like I didn't find out I was pregnant with my daughter until I was like eight weeks. Mm. So by the time, like usually women find out it, it would be too late. I think the six weeks is too restrictive. I think there, there does need to be guidelines because you don't want to go like, you know, like into like, you know, late into the second and third trimester Mm. and then, and then doing it. I, I, 
Yeah, that's abhorrent. So, I mean, but when you when you hear these men, and again in Alabama, I think it was twenty five men who voted. But we can't forget that that was it was a woman that drafted it, and then a a female governor that signed it in because she could have easily vetoed it. Mm. And I mean, for all those who don't know, this is kind of testing um, kind of the strength of Roe versus Wade. Which I I believe this is setting the pace for it to go to the Supreme Court. And I think that eventually because Roe versus Wade is so vague and the initial issue Mm -hmm. was privacy, I do believe that I think that it is going to eventually be overturned. I think I think they're going to put it up to the states. So I agree. I think um, in any situation, and that's pretty much what a lot of Republicans want. They want to be a state issue as opposed to the federal government. But. Mm I don't get the justification for Republicans who are about the minimization of government overreach, right? And now you're trying to trying to have the government pretty much tell women what to do with their bodies. It makes no sense. It's kind of uh, counterintuitive. It's probably because they uh, have this. Most of them are so-called Christian, you know, and they think it relates to the Bible. And they're like, "Well, God's God's way must right. be God's will must be done." That's yeah. the only reason why there must be government overreach. And this is a last resort. Yeah. But since you mofo's ain't listening. I mean, this but, is, must happen. But I, they would have more of a case if they were more pro-life to the children that were already here. Right. So you mean what? The kids in adoption or like, like the, the adoption and foster care system? It it needs a complete overhaul. Yeah. So they're more like sympathetic to that and trying to get public programs programming to get them adopted. Is that what it, you mean? Yeah. Or more resources mm-hmm. for foster parents. Mm. Or resources to parents that want to keep their children, but mm. you know, like like they can't. Because I know, you know, like some some kids are or or CPS uh, references are made for people that are homeless or they don't have like a regular nighttime residence or mm. are living in a hotel. So if we were to invest heavily into parents and foster parents, then the, I think they would have more of a moral case to stand on. Yeah. But like once the kids are here, it's like whatever. Yeah, a lot of the kids in foster care right now, they tend to age out. Like they just age out of the system. After a while, a lot of people just want to kind of adopt babies. Um and it's so restrictive too in the United States that a lot of people go overseas, you know, to adopt children. And so it's like, you know, why are we why are we so against people making that decision to terminate a pregnancy if they're not able or capable of, of providing for the child? But Republicans are are saying like, hey, once you're here, you know, we're not going to support you. We're or don't gonna... like, or if you don't, I, you if you don't want to be a parent. Yeah. Like, if you yeah. find out early enough and you don't want to be a parent, then I don't mm-hmm. think you should have to carry a, a baby to term. And mm-hmm. I think that like this legislation is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. We'll probably go back to you know to the old days with people with the hangers. Right, and that's the scary part. But the, my thing is, it all happened sort of like this week. That's kind of crazy. I feel like it was calculated. It was a time thing where it's like, all right, all these states are going to now use this moment. But come, even Trump said it's too restrictive. And I said, yeah, that says <laughs> something. So it's crazy. So I'm I'm looking at it from the fact of um, it reminds me of Handmaid's Tale a little yeah, bit. Like, I, yeah, I want to speak on that. Um, go ahead. But go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying the fact that um, they're kind of using and not a oblivious or, or not not a really outright forward way like in Handmaid's Tale where they're using religion to sort of create these laws obviously there's a separation of church and state which should exist right in the united states um but they're sort of controlling women's bodies the rights to produce because of just power i feel and i think overall just they want to control people um so yeah go ahead what's your thought well what i was going to say was um 
my I guess my answer to like a not so simple thing is that I think it's the woman's choice. Like yeah. at the end of the day, it does come down to that. It's the woman's choice with what she wants to do with um with with her baby. Yeah. But I feel like back in high school when they told us about all these pieces of science fiction literature, dystopia literature, like okay, you know, read these because it might be important for the future because this could become your future. Yeah. I'm like, my life isn't become isn't going to become 1984. You know what right. I mean? My life is like my society is not going to turn into The Handmaid's Tale. But when you look at Brave New World 1984 and The Handmaid's Tale, this is slowly becoming reality. It's true. But when uh, dystopian novels were taught to me in high school, they weren't um, taught to me as this is an indictment on society. It was just like, read this and what do you think about it? Yeah, there was that, too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, our teacher, you know, she would kind of use like stuff going on like, hey, you see what's happening in this book? You could relate this to this right here. And then we'd be like, oh, okay, what year was this written? And then we say, oh, man, like these writers are very smart because they took in what was happening in society Mm -hmm. and they brought it to like a fictional story. And, yeah, it's scary because a lot of stuff is coming true. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully our our judicial system kind of balances it out you know obviously there's three branches of government for a reason so we see what happens um we have a mostly we have a conservative supreme court hey, we do and that's gonna be the challenge um and we already know you know where uh <laughs> we already know it's gonna happen it's kind of like predicted already unfortunately on some i guess brighter news did anyone hear about um this billionaire his name is robert smith i think he is paying all of the um of all the debt for Morehouse graduates. So the 2019 class of Morehouse graduates who just recently graduated, he's paying all of their student loans off. So it's going to be worth 40, I think he said $40 million worth of student loans. Wow. What made him do that? I don't know. I, wish I think I, that that's awesome. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. I think that, that, that that's, that's awesome because when you emerge, I, coming from, because uh, it's coming from a family where, you have a child like my my oldest sister. She came from college mm. with no student debt wow. in the nineties, wow. making like seventy five k. So like it's it's different than somebody like me yeah. <laughs> who came right. out of college in right. the two thousands right. with all this debt. It's just it's 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 a weight. So yeah. I think that that's awesome. Yep, and I will add that this billionaire he is a black billionaire as well. So that's that is nice that he's giving back to the community. He's awesome. supporting. Yeah, I think he's more hustle alum. Um, and so, uh, man, I just wish that I graduated during 2019. It'll get paid off, man. We're going to pay it off. Eventually. It's going to go there. So let's move on to the next segment. Shana, a lot of music came out recently. I, I couldn't listen to it all. I listened to Megan Thee Stallion. She good? Uh, yeah, she, I like Meg. I like, but like. It was like reminiscent of like Three Six Mafia, but I love Three Six Mafia. Yeah. So it was like a like a female like led like Three Six Mafia like album. So I like that. Yeah. Um, I did listen to DJ Khaled. Did you listen to DJ Khaled? I heard it was fire. No, listen to that a uh, few songs. The Nipsey song. Yeah, I like the uh, the really Nipsey good. song. Yeah. I like the Nipsey song, and I can't remember what else came. Out. I've been listening to the Baby lately. Uh oh, you know what else came out? Um. My man Tyler the Creator. Oh yeah, yeah that one came out. Yeah, I saw. I listened a little bit. It's, it's catchy. It they, reminds me a little bit of like a Kanye vibe, slightly. 
They've changed a lot. Our future has really grown up because when they first came out, they they kind of were trolls. They were like making like songs yeah. about different things that that attracted the incel community, like <laughs> rape and you know yeah. and murder and all that. Just being trolls, but you can see that they all pretty much matured like like in present day. So I'm glad that they made maturity in their yeah. music as well. I haven't heard Igor, but I've heard yeah. mixed reactions. Logic made a song with Eminem that I heard is fire. It is. I like it a oh lot. Oh my gosh. You know Finally somebody talked I, about it. You know how much Logic I detest trash. it. Talk, <laughs> talk, talk your stuff. <laughs> Let's go you know talk. Let's I detest Eminem. All right. So I like stuff. Wait, wait, first right. off, can I, can I tell you that Logic, he says a lot of stuff, but it doesn't mean anything. Like, it's just no. Oh, yeah, you got to fix that. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I feel like, I feel like his, yes, he has a lot of like hard hitting lines, right? But at the end of the day, 10% of it is good. The other oh. 90% is just like, eh. Wait, wait, wait. You Logic or Eminem? Logic. You being very insulting right now. I don't know. I just feel like I'm not. I'm like not. Everybody's entitled I'm, to their opinion. I feel like but. Logic is oversaturating the market. I haven't even had time to like really like take in his last album. Like he puts out an album every year. That man's working. He got. He's sitting on tracks like currency. But um, I'm gonna let Benny talk before oh, yeah, I go in. Oh no, it's not. It's a democratic, democratic process. But no, I was gonna add in that Homicide was really good, right. really good, and it's I think it's more of an Eminem uh, song, mm-hmm. even though it's a logic Don't track. Be disrespectful. I mean, that's what happened. In no, no, no. Because it, I like how they put the parody at the end. That's what I'm talking about. Like he got the address because a lot of criticism about Eminem is right now is that he's he's got the same flow and it sounds he's talking about cuckoo gaga. Like what, what is he talking about? <laughs> And so they come in the Crystalia, uh, his name, Delea, Crystalia uh, impersonation at the end. I mean, even the beginning, I thought it was a good, good for logic. It was a come up for logic in that song too, because he, you know, I think it's been like he's been, he's been looked at as is he black, is he white? Yeah. Uh, he doesn't say N word a lot, and he said it. He said, "Can I say? Can I curse in this?" Go ahead. Uh, okay. He said nigga. Sorry, Jordan. And, <laughs> oh no, 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 it's no, fine. I don't. It's fine. It's oh, fine. okay. I don't know, but he said it, and I'm like. And he said it. He he doesn't just oversaturate that. At least he doesn't right. just throw that word around. But he just went off and he gave homage to Eminem, mm-hmm. and then Eminem came and was made sure he gave homage to Jigga because mm-hmm. that Jigga Jigga kind of came from Jigga too. Yeah. So I just I feel like the song was uh it was well researched before they went in, and he just didn't choose logic out of just randomness he chose him to feature with yeah. because whenever Eminem features with you it's a gift and, it's and, a meeting of the minds yeah it's a meeting right. it's a gift and he he chose you not the other way around even though you, right. everybody wants to make a feature with him you so think I, they're about the same about the trick trick song well, well the Detroit was with, pretty good it was it's yeah it's it's very catchy and um it was I, a Detroit anthem it was a Detroit anthem for sure so yeah I just I just thought it was amazing the homicide it, now you can talk about this, that, and the other. Like somebody said, he made a a diss to TDE mm. at one point with the uh, mm. the gunshot sounds. I don't know if, who's heard. Uh, me and Shane, I don't know if heard it right. I haven't heard it. Yet. Yeah, listen to that. And so that's the only part about it where it's like, okay, maybe that's a little bit of a stretch. But for the most part, it was a positive uh, move for both of the rappers. And I, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot too. You guys know how much I don't like him now, but I like this. I didn't know that. <laughs> I do not like him. But here's the like thing. Here's my defense of Logic to uh, Eric, man. Logic is a storyteller. I mean, that biracial stuff shouldn't matter, but because he gets, like, so many questions about it, he talks about it. But I feel like Logic is a storyteller. Like, mm-hmm. every everybody, that album was pretty much telling a story. Um, mm-hmm. The most incredible story ever told, told a story. Like, Logic, above all else, is a storyteller. Like, he just yeah. wrote a book, Supermarket. 
So it ain't it ain't always all about saying something like saying a point. You can say a point through your stories. Uh, okay, I agree with that. I just I lump him in with uh, and you'd be mad at me, J Cole, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, they're good. They're good. Compliment in a way. I mean, they're good rappers, but they just not entertaining to me. I don't know why. It's just personal opinion. It's personal. That is definitely personal. Who is entertaining? Just, I mean, the baby. I love the baby. I love the baby. You know, Eric likes the Nas's, the Kendrick Lamar's. Yeah, Kendrick's my man. Face fiasco. I do like him. I like uh, Kendrick. I like No Name out of Chicago. I like Chance. I mean, he's the conscious dude. Wait, but I mean, but Jayco was conscious. I mean, he's a conscious rapper. He is a conscious rapper. too conscious rapper. for you. It's just, I think they're, he's boring. I think him and Logic are boring. Maybe boring. his last two albums are boring to you. Is that what it is? Because did you, did you like Probably. Born Center? Did you I like, like Born Center? Yeah, like Born Center. His, maybe it's just like, J. Cole. maybe I got to give it time to listen to it. Like It's still J. Cole. Kind of just, it's still J. Cole to the force. You have to have a certain level of intelligence. Too. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. He has to have emotional intelligence. Emo- that's I guess what he, emo- that's what he's right. lacking in. I don't know. Now, that's just something that J. Cole fans said. Like, you have to have a certain level of intelligence. Yeah. You got to feel what he's saying, though. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? You don't read the you, news. You sleeping <laughs> on him. Literally, you sleeping on him. So you listen to him, you, just, you go to sleep when you listen to him? Like, or like, I don't go to sleep to it, but I, I change it. I'd be like, all right, wow. I'll listen to something else. So you just, so sonically, does it not sound good it, to you? Is that what it it's is? It's just not my, my pre- preference. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to get what you don't. I'm trying to get what he does. It's not my like. preference. You know, I just don't think that... Um, I don't know. When I listen to to Logic, I'm like, all right, he's it's cool, but it's just not hitting me where it needs to hit me, right? I kind of not making me. I hear you. You feel me? Like I feel like music needs to move you, like internally from the inside, to move your soul. Oh well, Kendrick does move the soul. That's yeah, a Kendrick, proven fact. Kendrick does. Yes, we all agree that Kendrick is amazing because the way that he's able to to okay. change up his his flow. I agree with you. Man. I was not. I okay, I'm just trying to fill the the, the floor right now. Like, yeah, it's just guys... the, the way that Kendrick delivers it. I say is a little bit different. Like Kendrick, he could change up his voice. He has the different inflections. He does, you know, rap fast, rap slow. I see what he's saying. J Cole does. J Cole kind of yeah, has like the he same. He doesn't do the change no, of influence, but he does. Change I'm, I'm going to say he kind of has a similar who's, flow. Who's he has his style is mm. kind of a, the same flow. Like Yo, you can tell way. the way he rhymes. It's like. A, this end of the words going end of the sentence going around with the next end of the sentence. The yep. next is the next. I see what he's see, saying. See, somebody gets me here. And, Thank and you. And J Cole doesn't have a, vo- a voice to really change up and go, you know, tenor soprano. Like he doesn't right. have a musical voice. He got what he got. Right. But we listen to the words he's saying, and we're like, man, this guy's spitting fire. Man, he's got wow. he's got a nice flow because he every 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 bar goes hard in our opinion. Yeah, For I see while, what he's saying. For a while, there was an identity thing too because people used to make jokes saying J Cole was like the uh, poor man's Drake because he used to croon um, a lot. Yeah. But then J Cole came into his own with, I guess we could argue, Born Sinner. And yeah, there's a there's a, there's, a, there's an identity crisis there too. Not on yeah. not on Cole's part, on the fans' part, but yeah. But even Drake though, Drake, I wouldn't put him on a category in terms of lyrically on a category of like J Cole or even the Logic. But the entertainment value yeah, yeah. is there, right? And I think that's kind of that's half the battle. If you're if you're entertaining and people kind of like like your personality and kind of you know vibe with you, that's half the that's half the battle right there. Lyrically, though, yeah, he's not that good, but and he doesn't write his rhymes. But again, yeah, it's just a personal these preference. Facts, these facts. It's a personal preference, y'all. Oh, I went to see DMX. D- How'd that go? That Wait, was awesome. Like I've seen him before, like in in the height of his popularity. I saw him twice. Wow! And when he came, I saw him a few weeks ago. He was like he's still like the same dynamic performer. 
Like it was, he Surprise. didn't. Like, he was late, so he didn't have to open an ex. But it was, it was great. Like the vibe was nice. Mm-hmm. The people that got kicked out for fighting were white. They weren't black. It was just <laughs> all good. Like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yeah, he's still, he's still a dynamic performer. Mm-hmm. Like it was well worth the thirty bucks. What song mm-hmm. did they fight on? I think it was great. "Get at Me, Dog." <laughs> it would have been great if it was the Rough Riders anthem. <laughs> but no, uh, he did it. that. He opened with that. Oh, okay. He opened with that. Does he talk about God on the stage? He prayed at the end of the show. Okay. He always prays. He prayed at the end of the show. He's which so, is always he's, he's awesome. changed man now. And I've seen him three well. times, and it's been three different prayers. You know, cocaine cocaine he's, is a hell of a drug. He's <laughs> a hip hop preacher, man. Come on, he's try, he's trying though. He's trying. I I, I mean, do what? I do acknowledge that he does try every time he gets released from prison. He does try. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not even, I'm not even trying to be funny. He he really does. But try. It, it is funny. Like, you're not trying, he, but it's hilarious. He, he does try. You know, he's one of the most entertaining. Like, I just remember like growing up as a kid. And just that energy he had, like just this little guy who I mean he's not really little, but he's he's not that tall. He's not that tall. It was like this little guy barking and growling on stage. I'm like, man, this is this is amazing. Um, but for for him though, I'm I'm still glad because he's like 50 years old now, right? He's close to it. Close to it. Close to it. To so sure. be a 50 year old man still out here, I'm sure he's selling out shows still. You know, you got to commend him for that. Like usually people hang it up, call it a rap, but he's still out here. Performing in tours, that's good. For He's him. got passion still. Yeah, he makes yeah. some of the best intros ever. Like, yes. dog, that's my man. <laughs> hey, do some of you ever get sad? Like, all of our favorite artists are old now. They're grandparents. It just makes me an OG. That's, yeah. I don't get sad about it. I'm like, I'm starting to be the get off my uh, lawn with the samples. <laughs> yes, everybody sampling like it's, the it's there. I'm like, who told you you was cool enough to sample this? And then they make it act like they act like it's there too. They don't say, hey, this is sample from such and such. They just no one knows. Like these young kids don't know. Yeah, I've actually ran into that man. Well, I, I got the reverse effect. Where I hear like, um, I heard Born Center, and I always used to love Forbidden Fruit. And then mm-hmm. when I got in the tribe and I heard the original song, I was like, oh man. They sampled a song that was that was almost kind of better, mm. but you know, like I had like the reverse effect. One person who does a great sample or who can sample songs and make it turn into his own is Kanye. Big Crit and Big Yeah and Big, big Crit Yeah. But um, Kanye is a walking sample. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's who we know. That's how we know him. He is, but he's yeah. done it in a way that yeah, is still I like unique. the chopping of a sample. Like I don't like the like. For example, like the recycling of the in between the sheets, where oh, it yeah. sounds just like in between the sheets, yeah. where all you're doing is just rapping over the Isley Brothers instrumental. Like I don't like that type of sampling. It's a great beat, though. It, it is, is but I like it when it's like chopped up and it's totally like it's turned into a totally different song. Mm. You know, I got tired of people chopping up the Dead Presidents Two song too. Like that, so many people have chopped up that instrumental. Some people did it well. The Slaughterhouse did it well with uh, The Way I Am. But other than that, yeah, Who I Am, that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, oh, I did want to say um, on Meg Thee Stallion, mm-hmm. going back, I I really do appreciate her. Like her music, like for, for, for her, she's she's not fake like the rest of them. You know, I think she's still like natural. Um, but she also spits hard. She has that, that Houston flow that i really appreciate yeah one of her one, in an interview she said like one of her biggest influences is pimp c yeah you can you can hear that you can hear it in her music. and the beats too yeah so if y'all if y'all get the chance go hear meg the stallion's new album i was listening to at least like the first 
three or four songs. I really enjoy it. They're bangers. They are. They are. Um, anything else in music front? I mean, it's a little bit of like it's a little bit of like gossip. A little. It's not really a hip hop corner kind of thing, but I guess I just wanted to touch on it. Like, uh, did y'all hear what I- Aisha Curry said? I didn't see the whole interview. Which part? (laughs) You know, on Red Table Talk, and, you know, she talked about her husband, Steph Curry, and talked about, you know, how, you know, of course, like any wife, you know, she says she 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 got um she does get jealous about her husband and the groupies and says, you know, sometimes it will be times where I wish I had male groupies, she said. No, she was like, I I know I knew what she was trying to say. Yeah. Like, I didn't see a problem. I just wouldn't say that publicly. There you go. Because why wouldn't you? Well, it's Red Table Talk. You feel like it's a. I wouldn't say it publicly because if my husband was Steph Curry, like, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it publicly if I was married anyway, but like, that's not something that you say publicly. Like, and Steph seems like a good guy. He seems like he's a family man, cares for his kids. And it's like, that's kind of, that wasn't challenging that though. That was just her saying like, well, I mean, I wish I had this kind of, why would she want groupies? Well, it's not that she. I don't. I didn't look at it as that. I, look, I didn't look at she wants them. It's just like, hey, my husband is like this unattainable guy because he's married. I want to be unattainable because I'm married too. It's that you know, it's it's equality. You know what I mean? And and I don't, that, but my thing that's because your husband is respected, right? Yeah, he's a respected man. So that's why nobody tries to holler at you if your husband was future, right? <laughs> then you will probably get hit on quite a bit. <laughs> like, but, but do you see how that that can be kind of twisted though? Like he's she's not being hollered at because he's respected, mm-hmm. but he's being hollered at because he's respected. So but that's I, how I, women are, and this is more of an indictment of women than it is on men. It just shows that men respect marriage more than women do because every mm-hmm. he's been married since he got into the league almost. Like he's been married the whole time he's been yeah. in the league, and everybody knows he's married. Yeah, I can it, say I can I understand the motivation behind what she said. I definitely, but I yeah, I definitely agree with Shannon something about like a guy like Steph. You like man, I ain't gonna mess. Nah, why would I mess with his his wife? Like that's Steph Curry. Like that, you know, right. he just he's that type of guy where you know like he's he's a good dude. Um, and at the end of the day, though, I'm like for her, she's happily married and she feels like her marriage is fulfilling. She doesn't need anyone else's attention, attention but her man's, right? And, and do feel- you want to be that guy? Like if it all gets out, which it probably will be, because nobody keeps their mouth shut. Like, do you want to be that guy that? She cheated with or you, whatever. You want to be that chick? Some people do, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah a, lot of, a lot of girls do. <laughs> trying to get home. It's a little sad though. And they do live in uh, not LA. They live in California, so I'm sure he he has an abundance of people trying to hit on him. And but like crazy stuff. um with the whole thing, I was just having this discussion with somebody about um about the whole Beyonce eliminating Jay Z four four four. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't believe it happened. You know, I think it's just something for marketing. But she was like, I Man. think that it's Well, Solange kicked the shit out of Jay-Z. She did. <laughs> a couple years ago. Uh, I don't know about but, that. Uh, my sister was like, well, I think that it did. And they might have paid the girl off, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hold on. If I was the woman that cheated with Jay-Z, you don't have to pay me to keep quiet right. because the beehive <laughs> will right. ruin your life. You can't even was- constructively critique Beyonce. But that would still make you relevant because you got so much hate. But do you want that right. though? You don't want that type of relevance. Right? You want to well, Beehive no, destroyed no Carrie Hilson. I felt like in a mm-hmm. way. Um, whoever speaks yeah, out against that's another Beyonce. artist. We're talking about somebody that's a nobody though. Allegedly, allegedly. Well, <laughs> it, it kind of defamed her in a way. 
Because they had actual beef and Beyonce just rose above it and got bigger. Yeah. <laughs> but you're talking about somebody that's famous, somebody that's already famous. Well, there's a difference. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But I just, because I've not seen anybody get famous off of hate. I mean, they'll Beyonce. buy, if you, she wrote a book, they'll buy the book, but they will show up to the book signing with tomatoes. I'm that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, but some people don't care. It's like, hey, any attention is good attention to me. So, I mean, you know, Personally, I think that would be uh, a bad decision to mess mess with any celebrities, or especially Beyonce's, um, her situation with Beehive. Truth, truth be told, but, based off who Beyonce is, we'll never know if something really did happen. Because she wouldn't want nobody to know, because out of respect for actually Jay-Z, because yeah. she actually loves Jay-Z to death. And she wouldn't want somebody, the father of her kids, yeah. to go down as a cheater. Listen, yeah. she, as pro-black as she is, that's the yeah. last thing she wants, another famous black icon. To get but, defamed or be infamous for some reason, well, she can prevent out. it. Yeah, but we know we know Beyonce can fix some stuff like that first pregnancy because we know she was pregnant. <laughs> yeah, <You> see that? <laughs> you said the stomach cave in. I remember that. I remember that. When she was pregnant with Blue. She did an interview on like Channel Seven or ABC. Mm-hmm. She sat down, her stomach caved in. It's like a pregnant stomach doesn't cave in, you know, that way. So I think. There's been speculations that the baby was just a little yeah. investigator over there, ain't you? Right. Oh, I'm like, not, no, it news. was like everywhere. Yeah, this is big news. This was out what four or five? No, blue's like seven now, right? Yeah, blue's yeah. I'll yeah, be into old. the news <laughs> like that, but all right. I hear what you're saying, Benny. I hear what you're saying. So, so let's move on to uh, Anthony's two cents. What's what's going on with you? Um, nothing much. I haven't really been to the movies that much. I've been um, I've been writing and and just um, you know, focusing on that. But um. My girl and I, we did watch the extended edition of a uh, Fellowship of the Ring, and <sighs> would they add another wow. hour? Right, <laughs> it, added, it added another hour. Added another. Now yeah. it's all entertaining. It's all visually imaginative and everything. Just like when I first saw it in theaters, Peter Jackson did his thing. But I mean, like that's like. Do we really need another hour? Though? I mean, it, it it did like add context and more depth to some characters, like Sean Bean. Like his character, it added more depth to him with extra scenes and all that. Yeah. Um, it, it it is needed. Like some of the minutes were needed because we just because we just wanted to give it a try. But it was pretty good, man. It was a it was a it was a nice four hours. And the Gandalf scene, the fight, his final fight scene with the um demon thing, was even more epic. Man, four hour movie though. Like the three hour in game, that was already a little bit excessive. I mean, I watched it because obviously in game and it's Avengers. Yeah. But I don't know if I could do but four But it hours. wasn't like it Deathly wasn't long Hollow. enough. Yeah, it, it wasn't. <laughs> I love that game. It I love wasn't like game. Deathly Hollows, where it's a bunch of wind blowing for five minutes. Yeah. It's like you could have put some dialogue in here, some action. Right. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just the wind. Deathly yeah. Hollows went hard to me. I like those two yeah. films. Uh, so other than that, um, I kind of wanted to listen. I, I wanted to listen when it comes down to like final seasons of shows that everybody loves everybody everybody gonna have different opinions you know some mm-hmm. people are gonna love it some people are gonna hate it you know there's the rare show where it's breaking bad where everybody loves the final season you know the wire everybody right. loves the final season not a game of thrones and then there's sopranos and then mm-hmm. there's um you know lost and then and then there's other shows where you know the final season is debated by people Dexter. Who, Dexter. Well, I think that was unanimous that a lot of people didn't like that. But right. you know, people are gonna debate, man. You know, in the in the in the in the game that is called Thrones, you know, you you live or you die. Mm-hmm. And sometimes <laughs> when you got six years of character development, your character sometimes they go. switch sides, man. I gotta I gotta speak on the bells, man. <laughs> Listen, I think I'm not gonna ruin anything for you, Eric, but I think 
in my mind, a lot of characters had come to Jesus moments in these last two episodes. And I think everything was justified. Respond. Oh, uh-huh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, respond. Sure. I, ain't, I ain't like it. I'm a big fan. <laughs> we all watch Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Not me. Right, not, go, not go, yet. Go ahead. I ain't uh, like it. Randy watches it, so you don't have to worry Randy. about him. Go ahead. Okay, well, you said it was justified. I ain't like it. From I, the story standpoint. You don't, you don't, I don't think you throw a fan favorite. Now, this is Game of Thrones. They can do whatever they want, all right? But the final season, the episode before, the, the very last one, you don't just turn a, a fan favorite who always has a moral compass with all her decisions and just f- make her crazy. They were building up to that point, though. Only this season. You can build up. No, Randy. Like two not, episodes. Not just this season. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You can build up a character and say, okay, she... But it's got to be some sort of small scale... Uh, you don't go on such a large scale and just go crazy because you kill two famous people from a, a prominent house and you call that building up, or you say a Targaryen they I'll flip let a coin. Talk stuff. I don't because because you can't because you can't use Targaryen that old prophecy anyway because she's always says she's not like her father. So it's it's a lot of things that negated those two. And yeah, okay, the the two episodes beforehand were. At the end of the the long night, the in the episode four, they're celebrating their victory at Winterfell, and she's looking around. Everybody loves John. Okay, that's a build up. That's fine. And then she loses my sign day, and and then she she um she realizes Sansa told on her, and she looks crazy that that, that same episode early. He's in the episode. naming a lot of things, ain't he? I'm I'm saying that can make a person go crazy. Those, but that's all in the last season. Yeah, there was no build up to it before okay. this season. Got, You're I got, right. I got a counter argument. Go ahead. You're right. So those are build ups, but. To, to say that, oh, she was going to commit a genocide on on on, and and just in such a in such a way, in such a spur of the moment sort of way, I, you can't you can't do that because she because she's been the breaker of change. She's she's been the savior. She saved the, the un- of ashes too. She's a, you know she saved the unsullied. So I just think just to throw a fan favorite out out under the bus like that when it was really all her deaths you know killings before that were. A justified, justified in what you can't, you can't justify a genocide like that. Well, I'm not justifying what happened. I'm justifying why it happened. So let me ask you this: Are you, are you, are you done? Are you finished? Or are you done? <laughs> I, mean, I am, I am, I am listening. This is a conversation. I know, I know. <laughs> I will reply when it must I, be replied. I know, I know how you be in a debate. So um, let me ask you something: Before all that, did she not have three dragons? Hmm? No, she lost three dragons a while no, no, no. ago. I'm she asking before before all this. this I mean, she, she lost two dragons. She yeah. had three dragons, right? I'm talking about before this season. She had three dragons. Before this season? Yeah. She had two because she lost the last one in the last season. You're right. So before she came to Westeros, she had three dragons. She had armies. She mostly had people that were uh, loyal to her. Now, she had to fight some wars. You know, Daenerys been through some stuff. Even being Khal Drogo, that was, that was horrifying. But she had people under her. Daenerys mostly had it easy because she had loyalty. When she came to this other place where more people were more allegiant to this side and not really to her, the man started getting credit instead of her, meaning Jon Snow. Things started changing. You lost your baby to the ice guy. Lost your second baby to a Greyjoy. Things start changing. Your most loyal servant, like you said, gets axed in front of you. Things start changing, man. When you really put through the fire, the coin flip, 
you know, it could, I wanted her. To, I wanted her to be better. I really did. Even though I I didn't like Daenerys, I love Emilia Clarke, but I don't like Daenerys. I wanted her to be better. But sometimes the characters they go through their journeys, man. You can't always blame it on the writers. Sometimes the character was meant to make that change. In one season. But it's not in one season. It's been six seasons of this. It's been four seasons of her learning how to rule and having it easy. But when you really put in the championship game and you go against a LeBron James and a Steph Curry and a whatever, I don't know sports metaphors, <laughs> you put through the ringer. And if it all happens in one final season. I think she would disagree with you in saying that she had it easy. That her character would say that she had nothing easy handed to her. For since she was a, a kid, her family, she got her, parents, her, parent, her parents were were killed. I'm yeah, talking about her exile. Yeah, she was exiled. She didn't have it easy. She was. She didn't grow up like royalty. I'm talking about her in rule, though. In her in rule, she, she had, had to, it easy. She had to earn her army. She had to. Uh, she got fortunate with dragons. That's the only. That, I'm those were away her credit. Those were gifts. But her decision making had to be on point when she ruled over um, her uh, her her kingdom before she came to Westeros. It was. She had to be very diligent, fair. This is before she had uh, Tyrion to help her. And all that. Um, and she, she always had she had Jorah, and she had opposers that didn't have dragons. But she 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 was pretty much uh, looked at as property by her brother. He, she was nothing but a tool to him, so he can get back into that was before the dragons get into power. So uh, I'm you saying how she started off, and I'm just letting you know she did not have it easy. Right, that's established. But I'm saying when you when you do have the dragons and you have the major weapon and you you know you you big balling and all that. When you get put back into the ring of fire and you lose some of that, you gotta learn how to move. She learned how to move, and the coin flipped on the wrong on the wrong side. Well, that's when John Snow should have went crazy. Hmm. See, that's something else too. But um, okay. always got treated as a sad baby. Hmm. Yeah, he got, Cal- got murdered by his boy. Callan Stark didn't love him because he was a bastard. So we thought she treated him like nothing. I'm listening to Shayna. And that's, and that's the argument. John could have ended up mad like a Targaryen, too, because that's secretly like what he is. But his coin didn't flip on that side. It flipped on the other side. Now, I, I mean, we can keep going into this, but I don't want to leave Eric out. I want to say something about... <laughs> He's I'm listening. I'm listening intently. I want to talk about Jamie though. Like, Oh, my God. I really feel like they dropped the ball on that redemption story. See, but is is it was it meant to be that, though? Like, was that meant to be the ending? Because when you got Jamie, you got somebody that that leaves somebody that was cruel and cold for somebody that's noble and a ride or die like well, Cersei was ride or die too, but a ride or die like Brienne, he's becoming, he wrote he he wrote her to after her. he got his hand chopped off defending her, right? And you know he he was becoming this good guy, this noble guy that wasn't going to end up cruel like his father Tywin Lannister and all that. But and you, you he lived this lie, and I and we all we all believed in it too. Like yeah, Jamie, he's going to be all right. But then you got the one moment where Sansa says, look, man, your sister, baby mama been out of pocket for years. <laughs> but it's sad that neither one of us going to be there to get, see her head get chopped off. All of a sudden, he says in his mind, wait, she about to get gone? I got, I guess. And he, I could tell he was wrestling with himself, but he had to pack up and leave. Because he told Brienne, listen, this is a woman I would have destroyed castles for. And he made a foolish move. We all, we all agree that it was a dumb move. But at the end of the day... Sometimes, like I said, him and Daenerys, sometimes the coin doesn't flip on the side we want it to as fans. You know what else was dumb? That fight between him and Euron. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that was just entertainment's sake. But that was a nice little, <laughs> nice little, I don't know, I enjoyed that. But I did feel it was a little too convenient. 
I kind of want to say, what's the point of Euron's character? <laughs> I, I know in the books he's supposed to be this great character, but he's the foil to his brother Theon. Mm-hmm. He's a, you mean his attack? You mean his antagonist? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, that too, but foil meaning you got this one Greyjoy who was making this dynamic change, and this other Greyjoy who was just straight trying to be a badass, trying to be. He's the foil to Theon who changed, but he didn't change. He just stayed like the the Greyjoy in the worst sense. What is it? We bow down to nobody. What's their saying? We do not sow. We do not sow. You know, he he was trying to be that, but in the worst sense possible. Like the best Greyjoy, Greyjoy in the end was the sister. Yara. Yara, of course. Yeah. I just, I didn't Who enjoy is, his character. Where is she? She's ruling she just, her She's just chilling. She went back to the homeland. Yeah, she went to take it over the Iron Irons. I mean, can mm. we get a glimpse? Uh, yeah. No, 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 no time. Sorry. Listen, man, we got <laughs> they were offered 10 episodes, but only chose to do six, yeah, so we can't show the six. details to Listen. wrap things up successfully. We, we got one more episode here, man. You know, I don't want to hear no sniffing when some people get got. You know, I just feel like this is um I I defend this final season. I think it's cool. Like I think I feel like you know a show is great when there's so many polarized responses to some people saying, I don't like this, I do like this, and everybody has respectable opinions on why they like it and why they I don't like it. I thought something was great, it was unanimous. No. <laughs> No, it no. doesn't have to be unanimous. I mean, Lost was great, and everybody is like like split on that final season. Right. No, but that, you can't find people that all, are split on the Breaking Bad. Season there you for go. That's true. Well, Breaking Bad just dealt with Albert. Well, it really just dealt with Walter White's universe. You know, Game of Thrones is like a wide universe of storytelling. Yeah, there's no mm-hmm. set character. He, you're right. There's no, there's no character we can point out and say this is their story. When you're it's in, a combination of people. Yeah, story. like when you're when you're in like an insular universe. I think that's the right word. Like Walter White's New Mexico. Then like yeah, Breaking Bad. It's not gonna be hard to wrap that up tightly. Mm-hmm. And I'm agreeing with that because George R. R. Martin said it himself that there's no character you can say this is his story. Like yeah. I made it so everybody had a different. Uh, perspective and a different story um but yeah just to go back on that and i'm kind of uh, i gotta agree with shana because she's on fire um <laughs> yeah like i looked at you want to go facts wise they uh the rotten tomato score for this season has been the lowest of all seasons mm. how's that facts that's all opinions gathered together well if you don't if you don't follow mm. some sort of criteria anthony you can't who who can agree <laughs> on anything it's your criteria though it's, it's what, not it's, it's what, not it's, my it's, i just it's i just what you think I about just it quoted somebody else's criteria a trusted source people look to and trusted mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of opinions put together it's not just my opinion anthony i'm but letting you know there are other people talking opinions. about rotten tomatoes i'm talking about rotten tomatoes yeah that's a pretty high uh, th- uh so anyway just to go back to the point um this season is controversial and I, but I'm trying, I'm trying to support you too. Like Jamie, at first I didn't agree with it. Why character build him and have him have this redemption arc if he's gonna go back? But if you look at what who Jamie is, a lot of it is kind of based off of his connection with Cersei. Um, if you want to look at his role at King's Landing, being in a King's Guard, he never wants to be on the throne because he wants to be with Cersei. He doesn't want to have a have to get another wife. He had these children. Um, all the evil things he's done, forget the Kingslayer thing, because that was actually a good thing we found out later in, in the series. That was a good thing he did. Um, him pushing uh, the Stark kid, Bran, off the, the cliff. Um, him just doing all the treacherous things was in allegiance to Cersei. When he started to do something good, Cersei and him had a fallen out. So I kind of, I like it. And plus it goes with the prophecy of them dying together. What's the horse Bran sent Arya Uber? <laughs> oh, you know the pale white horse. I think that's a metaphor for war. Like that was more like a symbolic ending. 
or death. It did have a symbolism to it because if you guys go back in a, <laughs> go in the episode, the the white the, the woman the girl that Arya was trying to save, the little girl was holding a little white horse. Yeah. I forget the symbolism what it means, but it did mean something like Anthony's alluding to. Yeah. So are we ready? I'm ready for tonight. Well. I know everyone's gonna be disappointed, so just <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be disappointed. That. I'm, a, I'm but even with... the the actor that plays Jon Snow, they asked him to describe the series finale in one word. He said disappointing. Again, he said <laughs> he's an actor, but he's also a viewer. Brian Cranston couldn't. Have, well, no, Breaking Bad is great, but <laughs> I mean, like he, like like they're actors, so they're they're viewing it as well. You know what I mean? So everybody's gonna have different opinions. That's sad. Well, That's no, it's sad. not. No, it's not. It's not sad at all. Disappointment's but, not sad. No, I mean, but I, I kind of appreciate endings that are a little bit more vague. Because think about it, in, in life, when we die, we're not going to everything finished, right? Right. It's kind of just like a representation of that. It's like things are going to be left. That's unsaid. not why people watch TV, though. But I mean, well, <laughs> people watch TV to be entertained. Mm-hmm. But again, it's 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 realistic, though. I mean, well, as realistic you can be about people in some. There's certain. It's end- still more realistic than power. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's certain endings where writers just write it just to finish it and don't care what the what the audience thinks. They just say, okay, we're just going to do it like this and throw it away. David and DB, I think they know what they're doing. They've been knowing what they're doing for like eight seasons. I don't think they're just writing it just to write it and say, forget what the fans think. I think and it's not even the writer's fault. Sometimes the characters, the story tells itself. Right. I can say that as a writer. Sometimes the story tells me how it's going to end when I think I know how it's going to end. But like The Sopranos, like when he got shot, that was the end of his, his story. So it was just like, that's and what happened. Are split on that and we too. don't even know if he got shot, but it could be a symbol that he got shot later on, maybe not that night. But, you know, again, the story told the writers how that was going to end, not exactly the writers telling the story. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I feel. <laughs> All right, what's the I'm main excited. topic? Today? I'm excited. Last the night, the main topic. We last episode about everything for 40 minutes. <laughs> oh, we doing names, right? All right. What's so, what's um, in the name? <laughs> yeah. So what's in a black name? Mm. We should say it like that. What's in a black name? So Eric Smiley racist. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. What's in the name? You know, I think people have the right to name their child anything they want to name their child, right? I think um, we'll have to conform to a set of rules or or standards when naming your child. Obviously, you kind of want to set them up for future success, and right. a lot of that is predicated on uh, certain norms, societal norms. So I can understand that. But again, if you want to name your child Umbrella or or Apple or <laughs> Granola, do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Apple's okay, but Umbrella, come on, bro. Um, I don't see my name Castle or Beyonce. Name your child Beyonce. I've seen some Beyonces. Beyonce is a great name, actually. Taken away from like what Beyonce has done. Beyonce is a pretty nice name. Solange is a pretty beautiful name I like too. Some, yeah. I like Solange. They got some beautiful names. But um, I do think like sometimes I do. I don't have a kid. Um, and maybe maybe Shana can speak to this. But sometimes when I do think about baby names, I do think okay. If somebody sees this on an application for when my baby is getting a job, or when my baby is doing whatever. Will society be better by the time they're grown, or will society still be the same as it is with me? Most likely, it won't. It will still be the same. You can't wait on society. Yeah, yeah. So I gotta, I do gotta keep that in mind. But 
I don't know. The names are are a pretty strange thing. Like you want to know like what like when you call your daughter like what's my girl from Cosby Show Tempest mm-hmm. yeah. Tempest Bless. So yeah. you know that I mean that sounds like a beautiful name, but when you think about what Tempest is, you know yeah. temptation and stuff like that. Like I remember I was watching this show called this movie called Freakonomics, mm-hmm. and there was one woman whose name was Tempest. But because um, her mother loved Vanessa on Cosby show, but she grew up to be a really a tempest. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? She got in trouble with the law, had a lot of boyfriends. And so her mother was like, dang, like, is this just because I named her this name? Self-fulfilling prophecy, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, what's your thoughts? You're a parent. You know, Shana, you had to go through the naming process. Jordan's a great name. Jordan is a great name. It's a very common name. <laughs> Everywhere yeah. she goes, name, so. there's okay. at least one other Jordan, and it could be a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. But the way I spell it, the way I spell it, like it's clearly she's a girl because it's spelled mm-hmm. with a Y, mm-hmm. not an A. But as far as like with like different like black names, it's mostly because like our culture has been stolen from us. Mm-hmm. So we try to make our own culture, you know, with the Keishas, you know, all the Ishas and stuff right. like that. So, and like your name, it should not determine your destiny, but it, it often does. Like they've done studies where people have the exact same resume. Well, if it's a Keisha Jones at name at the top, she's less likely to get a call back. Right. Yeah, and it, sometimes you got the like the negative responses to this where like, you know, like you got the Raven Simones. Raven, right. who's named after a bird, who was on The View that said, look, if I see somebody on my resume and their their name is Watermelon Drea, I'm not going to hire them. But I'm like, your name that's is... Not, but that, and that's also not a real name. Right. <laughs> like, right. And I'm looking like, your name is Raven, and, and, you know, that's a bird. Like, you know, like, well, if your name was on a, like, and people looked at that like, oh, Raven, that looks a little strange. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you do got to examine it from all points. Question. Go ahead. Should we eliminate names on the resumes and just look at the resume? That make a difference. Mm-hmm. Should that make a difference? Your name shouldn't. It right? shouldn't make a difference. It no, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. I, don't know. I like uh, the idea of eliminating it, but you got to distinguish between uh, re- uh, applications. To, right, you have to know who you're number looking. one yeah. guy. Like like you know, option so, one, option number. two, stuff so like maybe that. Maybe numbers. Yeah, numbers with social cool. security numbers. Right? Especially now with the like with the new mm-hmm. technology, where they when you submit your resume, it's picked off of the like keywords that you put yeah, in your resume. Mm-hmm. So I think I never thought about that, but that would be a good option. Yeah, but there's just a lot of bias in that too, though, because um, those who are the ones who are constructing the systems have biases as well. So those biases kind of even show through in the algorithms when they pick them. How can we always accidentally get discriminated? (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's it's the truth. But I think that I I like your idea. It's just sort of taking that step to do it like some company has to be like all right we're going to do a nameless you know um application process what is that going to look like who knows they probably give you an identification number when you apply um but i think that could be a great way of alleviating those biases i think that's it's it's real and i do a lot of hr work and i see some names and i'm like (laughs) you know what i don't know why your parent named you this but again it's not it's not about that at the end of the day that's sad because i know you're self-progressive right very so yeah i don't don't really care about your name but um (laughs) and unfortunately it's a real thing yeah, because it it can be a child thing too. Like you know, like there's a um, you know there's there's a woman I know. Like her name is Takira, and she mm-hmm. tells everybody like you know just call me Kyra. 
And then I'm like, one day I asked her, I said, well, why? why why?" Takara was a pretty cool name. She says, no, the ta isn't necessary. I don't know why my mom gave me the ta. I like Kyra. (laughs) You know, and she said that, you know, she dealt with a lot in her life where, you know, on an application, they see Takara and they might go like, "Uh, I don't know about her. But when she came in the meeting, they were like, oh, you know, you you really are. Like what we are, we're looking for here. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell her, like they probably told her, like like maybe like some months until employment. Like, hey, I gotta be honest. When I saw your name, I was like, huh, what's the tough for? Mm-hmm. You know, and you got you got kids Did she like write that. that down. <laughs> supposed to write that type of stuff down. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like kids like that. You know, I mean, not kids, but you know, people like that. You know, they they look at it like, eh, like why why was I named that? You know yeah. what I mean? So there's what, that part of it. What about age appropriate names? Like or age or names that don't age well. Right. I was thinking about that too. Like, yeah, uh, what, what? Cletus. Like it's cute. No, like it's, it's cute. You, it's a cute when you uh, nine years old. Your name's Kiki or something like that, right? Or then D, when you, or maybe D, or I don't know. Right. I'm just trying to think of something. Yeah. But when you like 45, 50, Sherman. 60 years old. Well, Sherman is an old man name. You, you name Sherman, you paying, you mean, right? paying I remember, bills. I remember right the- when uh, my daughter was in kindergarten and she was telling me about this boy named Lonnie. Like, Lonnie, yes, Lonnie, Lonnie that. I'm like, Lonnie. Lonnie sounds like a <laughs> like he, well, I was like, he must be a, a, a junior or something. She said, he's a third. <laughs> yeah, Lonnie is like, like Lionel. You Lionel, know, like, right. So some old names. Yeah, those man. old, right. I have an old name, Benny, which is a pretty oh. old name. But oh. I get... You know, it's some you can work with that. Right. I got called Little Benny. Um, so Benny, by my family. So. It's not short for anything. It's just Benny. It's just Benny. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now, so but you can call me. You know, Ben Benji was a nickname I got. Like, it's yeah. you can work with it, and it's kind of a cool name because you don't really hear it that often. Yeah, that's true. So it's, even though it's really, oh, I'm a fourth, so it's a really. Oh, old and now, yeah, Whew. yeah, passed down generations. But yeah, stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's that makes sense when you are. Uh, a Cletus or a Clarence or a Benny. Yeah, Clarence. Yeah, I like right. That one. And y'all, you, your junior or third. That makes sense, right? Because it's just passing the name down. But again, you gotta, you have to look, have that foresight to look. All right, well, my kid is a grandparent. Do they want to be called this, or do they want to, when they, you know? So you just got to be aware of that. And then um, when I asked my mom about my name, my name is Shana, and she said she wanted it to be short. Because she saw my older sister, whose name is Sharita, when it was time to learn how to write, like she struggled because her name was so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I have a deaf friend where there's like a rule, like if you get a deaf name, if your name is longer than three letters. So her, both of her kids have names that are only three letters long. Oh. Hmm. Wow. I mean, but when we think about it, this isn't, um, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a common issue anytime when you're, when you're you're adapting to a society that you're a minority in, you got to sort of deal with these things, right? And I look at people who my my Middle Eastern friends or my friends who are Asian, you know, they getting their names spelled all types of ways or pronounced all all wrong. Um, and even especially during graduation time, when you're walking across the stage, they read your little name and they butcher it. Yeah, that's <laughs> the worst part. But um, and then the, all, I, it makes me sad when like when they have to conform yeah like you'll meet someone that you like they've told you their story of how you know either they came from another country or their parents came from another country mm-hmm. and then they'll be like my name is lucy yeah and mm-hmm. like well, no 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 what's your real name <laughs> and then yeah. they'll tell you what their real name is and it's like <laughs> no like don't like like it makes me like um i was telling my mom about you know alexandria ocasio cortez where mm-hmm. she had made this video in college mm-hmm. And in the caption, they said her name was Sandy. And I said, that makes me sad. Like, right. because, like, she has to shorten her name in order to conform. And her name is not difficult okay. to pronounce. Yeah. 
So they're trying to adjust to our culture. It's probably long, but it, I mean, I have a Sandy. former coworker named Alexander who went by Sandy. Wow. Whoa. It's, you know, Alexander is a great name to shorten. You can go by Lex. You can go by Alex. Alex. You can go by Xander. I know Alex. Yeah. That's a girl. And I say, oh, is it Alexandria? She's like, no, it's just Alex. Because <laughs> nobody's going to call me Alexandria. So, y'all, let's wrap this up. Um, I will say for me, at the end of the day, it's, it's and this is going to sound cliche, who cares what the name is? Um, I don't think names are a self-fulfilling prophecy. I just think that it's what the parents kind of wanted to express as their child or just wanted to call their child. Um, you know, so I don't really see a big deal in it. Obviously, you do have to be aware of some things, especially when you have a name that doesn't conform to you know, the general social norms of that culture or cultural norms. So you have to be be aware and make sure that you, you know, tell your kids you got some, you may have some issues or problems. Um, but again, I don't think anyone should have to conform to any set of standards, you know, when naming a child. It's what's in you, not what's on you. Exactly. Exactly. Anyone else? Anyone else want to add something? That was my statement. <laughs> <laughs> it's what's in you, not what's on you. Well, this has been another great episode of, of Can We Talk. Please like and share, subscribe. And we'll be back again next week.